Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today are Senior Portfolio Managers, Marco Priani and Kevin Ross. Marco and Kevin are the lead Senior Portfolio Managers on both the Von Nelson International Small Cap as well as Emerging Market Strategies, and they are also the Co-Portfolio Managers on the Von Nelson Global. Marco and Kevin are here today to share with us some historical context around the Russian-Ukraine development, as well as investing internationally during a time of conflict. With that, we'll jump right over to you, Marco. Can you just briefly share with us how we got here and your expectations of what's to come? Thank you very much, Dan. Uh, Yes, for sure. I think that to place the the Russian invasion of Ukraine in a long-term historical context, you must contemplate that there's a flat portion of land in Europe that extends from France to the Ural Mountains deep into Russia. This flat land on its eastern side has the shape of a pizza slice. The thin end of the pizza slice is in Poland. It runs 300 miles from the Baltic Sea in the north to the Carpathian Mountains in the south. From this point onwards, it begins to widen, and by the time we reach the Russian frontier, this this flat land is 2,000 kilometers wide, and is flat all the way to Moscow and beyond. Some of this land is not suitable for agriculture, and some of it is among the most fertile on Earth. If instead of flatlands, at some point of this wedge, a north-south mountain chain existed, you can bet that the existence of the inhabitants of this area would have been much happier. The reality is that the strategic characteristics of this land made this area of Poland, the Baltics, and Ukraine the historical uh, background or battleground of many invasions from Central Asia to Central Europe and vice versa over the centuries. In this, uh, it's in this context that we must begin to understand the historic events of the past week. The Russian invasion is one more among many tragic events that took place in the area that the historian Tim Snyder called the Bloodlands. Just for instance, in World War II, the area was invaded three times, first by the Russians, then by the Germans, and then by the Russians again. In every case, uh, atrocities took place. Uh, Actually, Russia was invaded through this route several times in the past centuries, by the Poles in 1605, the Swedes at the beginning of the 18th century, Napoleon at the beginning of the 19th century, and the Germans in both world wars. In short, although men are the decision makers in every case, and in the current situation, of course, the main agent of the action was Vladimir Putin, this Baltic, Poland, Ukraine region is in general caused by its geographic location and physical characteristics. The truth is also that the need of geographic depth that Russia uses as an excuse to invade Ukraine is significantly less relevant in an era of supersonic missiles and nuclear weapons. Another point to make is that the markets were surprised by this violent turn of events. We will see over the following months and years how much more destruction of life and economic assets uh, Russia's actions will generate. 
but there was really an ample negotiating space for solutions that were significantly uh, more optimal for all the parties involved than the ultimate and uncertain outcome of this conflict. The fact uh, is that this is an emotional conflict rather than just a clash of interest, and that makes predicting how it will evolve uh, much more difficult. Uh, this, of course, surprised the markets that expected more rational moves. Whatever happens, uh, Vladimir Putin will enjoy significantly less dissuasive power and less influence over its neighboring countries compared to the one he could have enjoyed with a negotiated solution. He managed to increase the cohesion of the Atlantic Alliance and its decision to improve its defense readiness with historical changes of traditional policies in the case of Germany and some of the Nordic countries. Putin's internal situation will deteriorate as well with a large loss in quality of life for most of the Russian population as a consequence of Russian isolations and the sanctions imposed on its economy. The costs for the Ukrainian population are and will be massive. The expectations are for 10 million displaced people, millions of those going to neighboring countries, creating the worst refugee situation in Europe since World War II. The country will have its infrastructure for the most part in ruins, whatever the outcome of the conflict. Europe, in particular, will have to deal with a costly replacement of Russia, at least partially, as a provider of energy, and many supply chains will be disrupted in the short term. The world in general will suffer from higher inflation for longer, as energy and other community markets are in turmoil. Western companies will have write-offs and losses of billions of dollars as a consequence of their withdrawal from Russia, its reluctance to buy cheaper Russian energy, ownership of Russian debt, etc. As usual in this situation, unintended consequences and risk of escalation of the war exist. On top of this, the uh, Ukrainian invasion by Russia and the face-off with the West take place in a context of decelerating economic activity, high historical inflation, and a normalization of rates after a decade of them going only down. So uh, the, the question is, uh, how do we invest considering all of this? Right. I think that's, that's great, Mark. And thank you. It's terrific and very, very helpful historical context. But I think you're right. Let's, let's shift gears over and, and talk about how this would play out for potential investors, what you should be looking for. And, and, and Kevin, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on um, what you guys are looking at for the, specifically for the portfolios, investing in general, given what Marco has just described. Thank you very much, Dan and Marco. To start with, the international team at Vaughn Nelson recognizes the historical and unprecedented geopolitical changes that are taking place in real time. It is important that we as a global research team keep an open mind and not lack imagination for potential outcomes or scenarios that could develop as a result. We have daily research meetings as a team to discuss the updated circumstances and debate weekly with the other portfolio managers across the firm to consider all possible outcomes, both positive and negative. As things stand today, we do not have any direct exposure to Russian equities, 
or companies that have any material assets throughout the region. Our views coming into this year were that the global economy was resource and supply chain constrained, having underinvested it in commodity production and infrastructure for the past several years. We expected challenges with repairing supply chains and getting back to normalized levels of trade flows from the pre-COVID era. Our internal research suggested that global economic growth was slowing, as was inflation, although we expected inflation to remain at above historical average levels. In our view, the events of the past several weeks accentuated these trends that in many respects were already in place. From a currency perspective, we have been surprised this year that the U.S. dollar has been only a small drag on performance for international developed markets, with the USD increasing 2% through last week. This is surprising to us given the Federal Reserve is expected to raise interest rates starting this month of March by 25 basis points, and Fed funds futures markets pricing in six rate hikes in total by the end of the year, supported by the stronger-than-expected jobs report that we got from February. Turning to our international markets, we expect the BOE, the BOJ, and the ECB to be more accommodated to support economic growth and much less aggressive as compared to the Fed. In addition, the recent events with Russia and Ukraine should accelerate segregation of supply chains and reduce the dollar's importance as a reserve currency over the long term. As a team, our research efforts are looking to take advantage of the market volatility to find opportunities in high-quality Category A companies, which are our undervalued earnings growth companies, that have been indiscriminately sold off during the recent market drawdown. In many cases, these are companies with structural growth opportunities, such as in animal health, photonics, or digital streaming, that have strong competitive positions, which allow them to maintain or expand margins in the current inflationary environment. In other instances, we have seen companies with marginal exposure to Russia as an end market sell off by three to four times what the potential worst-case earnings impact might be as investors are selling first and asking questions later. These are the types of compelling medium-term opportunities we are looking to add to the portfolio considering our three-year investment time horizon. We believe that our portfolio as it stands today is significantly higher quality when compared to the situation at the end of last year. Looking forward, we can see the valuation for our asset class, which are the MSCI EFA small cap benchmark, very attractively valued at only 14 and a half times forward PE, which stands one standard deviation below its 10-year average levels. The benchmark is also offering a 3% plus dividend yield and strong diversification benefits for U.S. investors. The earnings outlook remains strong as looking out to 2023, earnings growth is expected to be two times that of the large cap international developed markets, MSCI EFA, which would continue the trend experience for the decade preceding the COVID pandemic. The recent drawdown in our markets is likely to attract the interest of private equity players looking to take advantage of better valuations and lower interest rates particularly for those companies that have strong strategic positions or with overcapitalized balance sheets. Global private equity players are sitting on a record high dry powder amount, which equates to 1.8 trillion U.S. dollars 
as of the end of January, which will need to be put to work over the next 12 to 24 months. And this is from the S&P Global Market Intelligence Report. In our view, the opportunity set of companies that can meet our 50% targeted return within our universe has never been larger than it stands today. The widely diverging country, sector, and security level performance suggests that it should be a prosperous environment for active managers with a deep understanding and experience in the asset class. To conclude, the team feels very good about what we own and is not reacting to the headlines. We are excited about the prospects for the portfolio for the rest of the year and believe it is very well positioned for the uncertain months ahead. Back to you, Dan. Well, great. Well, Kevin, Mark, thank you so much for your time today. You know, I think, um, you know, despite the uncertainty globally, it's, it's really great to hear that you and the team, um, you guys are well prepared and, and believe in the strong positioning of, of the portfolio. So, um, you know, as, as things continue to develop out there and, and the investing world is, is rapidly, rapidly changing, um, we'd certainly love to have you back on and talk a little bit further about what you're seeing out there. So, um, with that, uh, we'll leave it and thank you so much and hopefully we'll have you again soon. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you, Dan. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson and, or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.